Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. What a day that must have been when Jesus pulled back the curtain on what the world would look like when he returns. We call it the Olivet Discourse. We've already looked at deception, lawlessness. These words come straight from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the first words of that prophetic lens into a coming new world in Matthew 24, Jesus said something. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled, for all of these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. We read that verse of wars and rumors of wars. It's the phrase that comes next that captures my attention. See that ye be not troubled. Jesus earlier said, do not be deceived. Here he says, do not be troubled. Can I give that phrase to you in other translations? The NIV, see to it that you're not alarmed. The NLT, don't panic. The ESV, see that you're not alarmed. The Berean, Behold, do not be alarmed. CEV, don't be afraid. Jesus shows such compassion here because he knows man's nature. He knows how we respond. When faced with the last days, when the news of the day is uniformly bad, when we see wars, those battles that we witness, rumors of wars, the battles that we hear about, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Everything is unfolding as it must. These things must come to pass, coming to an end, but the end is not yet. Don't be afraid, Jesus said. Why? You will hear me repeat that question several times today on Daily Devotion. Why should we not be afraid? Well, a simple answer is Jesus said to not be afraid. But there are other reasons as well. Chief amongst them is that fear is Satan's master controlling spirit. Through fear, the enemy of our souls can control us. Tyrants of this world have always done that. Fear keeps people in line. Fear keeps people in check. It's that old amygdala portion of our brain, the part that reacts to threats, the so-called fight or flight response. In this last day generation, we need to face down the fear the supreme enemy of the last days. When faced with a perceived threat, either fight or flight, we need to learn to stand and fight because fright is Satan's preferred choice. For through fear, he can cause you to surrender, to give up, to stop fighting, to run for the hills, to knuckle under his tyrannical measures, fear. A few years back, we asked believers, good, God-loving believers, to name their arch enemies. What did they battle the most? We got hundreds, if not thousands of responses. When we narrowed them down, the second most common response was fear. Jesus said, don't be afraid, because it's a common battle that you and I are facing. We fear. If we're going to navigate correctly these last days, we need to get this one right. If we had broadened our definition of fear in that survey we conducted several years ago to include many of the other things listed, 
fear would have towered like Goliath above all others. In fact, let's go to the giant slayer's writings, to David's writings. The shepherd boy who conquered the giant of fear. There was a time that David grew convinced that King Saul wanted to kill him. He ran for his life, but not before showing up at the house of God in Nob. And there he is given Goliath's sword without forethought, without much heart searching, without inquiring of God. David somehow grew convinced that he should run away to Gath, Goliath's hometown. And only when he was standing before the king of Gath did David awaken to the peril he was in. In fact, we read, David was very much afraid. This introduces us to the first of two scriptures I want to share. This is one of the recorded low points in David's life, this leaden moment when he pens one of those incredible psalms called Mictums. There in Gath, David described his state of mind. He described his fear, but he also described his faith. Psalm 56.3, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. The fact of fear can be found in that verse, but the choice of faith is also there. We live in an age of anxiety. Not just that there are wars, but there are rumors of wars, whisperings of what might be, conspiracies everywhere, reports of what may or may not be happening. Fear-mongering has become perfected in our day. When reading, listening, watching news, social media, the viewer can be excused to believe that each newscaster, each journalist, each talking head is taking their marching orders from some old horror movie. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I believe Satan is very content with that message. The old mantra in news was, if it bleeds, it leads. It's filled every moment of news with the breathless, something terrible is happening, reporting. And no wonder, we live in the age of anxiety. Not long ago, a study was released that focused on the lives of 13,000 people in 13 different countries. It was a global snapshot meant to capture the level of anxiety in the world. And the results showed a huge spike in the past few years. The author said, it's an understatement to say that the anxiety level is high. We live in very uncertain times. To put it more plainly, psychologist Robert Leahy said, the average American child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. He cites such reasons as separation from family, loss of community, terrorism, immersion in technology, and so forth. He concludes less than gracefully, we live in the age of anxiety and we've become a nation of nervous wrecks. We're living in an age of fear and fear is bondage and takes hostages. That's the knowledge you and I need. That fear is not of God. It's a common saying, you hear it often, that the Bible contains 365 fear knots, one for every day of the year. Actually, it contains many more admonitions against fear than this. In the opening book of the Bible, we read God saying, fear not. In the closing book of the Bible, we read it again and again, fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear does not originate from God. 
It originates from the enemy of our souls. When Adam and Eve were tempted and fell by Satan's enticements, they hid themselves. They said, we were afraid. And that relationship with God was fractured and fear entered into their hearts. What had been paradise became anything but paradise. Fear is not of God. Oh, no, it's not. I'm not much on acronyms, but I do like this one, fear. False evidence appearing real. Satan, the Bible says, masquerades as an angel of light. Fear is a product of Satan as his masquerades are. Fear can sometimes masquerade as wisdom, the proverbial knowledge that keeps us from taking a step in faith. Fear masquerades as bigotry. When you see prejudice, look for fear. It's not far away. Fear masquerades as a drivenness to succeed. All sorts of insecurities found masquerading as success. Fear masquerades as depression, anger. Martin Niemöller was a German pastor who took a heroic stand against Adolf Hitler. He first met the dictator in 1933. The pastor stood in the back of the room listening to the man speak. At home later that evening, his wife asked him about the meeting. Martin said, I discovered that Herr Hitler is a terribly frightened man. Fear within is seen as a tyrant without. Show me a fearful person, and I'll show you a thousand and one masks they wear to hide that fear. Everything from being holier than thou to yielding to the most diabolical and depraved lifestyles. Fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul said these beautiful, matchless words. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So if God didn't give us the spirit of fear, who did? Destructive, debilitative fear is not from God. It's from Satan. Each time fear threatens you like a tidal wave, it's a manifestation of the kingdom of darkness. Because fear is Satan's master spirit to control. Contrast that with God. Love is God's master spirit. The first fruit of the spirit is love. Some would say that every other fruit of the spirit is love in a different form. As Dwight Moody was fond of saying, joy is love exalted. Peace is love and repose. Long-suffering is love enduring. Gentleness is love in society. Goodness is love in action. Faith is love on the battlefield. Meekness is love in school and temperance is love in training. Love is what puts the Lord on the throne of your heart for him to work his plan. Fear is what puts Satan on the throne for your enemy to work his plan in your life. John gives us the contrast, and this is the second verse I want to mention. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love. Cast out fear, because fear involves torment, and he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Love drives out fear. When you walk in the light as he is in the light, when you fall in love with Jesus and that love enthrones him on your heart, it drives Satan away. Perfect love is a reliance and trust on God. In that psalm, when David admitted his great mistake of wandering into Gath, This is the assurance you start hearing in his voice. David is reminded, God knows where I'm at. Verse 8, you number my wanderings. Lord, you know where I'm at in this journey. 
You count my fears and store them in your bottles, verse 9. Ancients valued tears and collected them in lacrimals or tear bottles. David is saying, my tears before God will counteract my fears. God knows. God cares. Then David stumbles upon the supreme declaration of faith in verse 9. This I know, for God is for me. You don't have to fear where God stands. God is for you. Nothing can condemn us. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can deprive us of God's love. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Nothing who rises up against you will succeed because God is for us. And our love for him is that which perfects us, matures us. It's the ever-growing trust we have that will make us say in the 27th Psalm, the Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? So let's circle back to the words of the son of David. He said, you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars in the last days. Do not be afraid. We need to obey the words of the Lord. And let's go back to David. And we say with David, my heart shall not fear. Regardless of what comes against me, I will not succumb to a rising tide of fear. I will not be overwhelmed by worry and doubt and anxiety. I will not allow myself to look at my tomorrow through the lens of fear. I want to see what God has in store for me. And to do that, I have to love him with all of my heart because it's love that will cast out fear in my life. Regardless of what the last days hold, regardless of the headlines of today, God's got this and he's got you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.